Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of going on an adventure and finding out, you know, that you're one of the people who doesn't know, ding, or one of the people who does know. Anybody who's been watching memes on YouTube knows what I'm talking about. Those who know, those who don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this week, uh, uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. Uh, this week, we are talking about mystery and how it can be used to enhance your role-playing experience. Now, we're not talking about the the uh, the, the age-old mystery of the other gender, <laughs> whichever gender that might be. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, we're not talking about, oh, sweet mystery of life, at last I found you. No, we are talking about where you find there's information that the GM is hidden or, you know, and, you know, and by finding it out, your role playing experience will be enhanced because, you know, I mean, a role play, if you look, ever looked at a video game and they, and they basically lifted up all the co- pretty colorful walls and things like that. And you saw the actual map you're moving around on this, this little maze or whatever, you know, it's not very exciting to look at. But when you put stuff down on it and you have little items that trigger or do various things, it becomes a lot more interesting. So. Now, there are a lot, you know, now, Jonathan, you know, what are some examples of adventures that are pure mysteries? Adventures that are pure mysteries. Um, well, the first one comes to mind because it's probably the one I'm, I'm slowly developing on my own is to use an example of, uh, from what we like to talk about a lot is, uh, Fringeworthy when, if you have that adventure where they first enter the fringe path. And they have no idea how anything works or who built it. If you're running that scenario like I plan to in my campaign, they're walking into a portal and there's, it's literally they're having to discover the world for themselves. I know that's probably not what you were looking for, but that's... That wasn't what I was looking for, but we'll get back to it. Okay, so we'll basically start off instead by talking about the three main questions that all mysteries... Well, not that that are part of all mysteries. Not not that all mysteries have all three, but together they make up the body of mysteries, okay? Mm, yeah. There's the who or what done it, right? So in the case of Fringeworthy, you know, we we know later on it's the Tamellern. The Tamelaran did it, yeah. As far as made the French pass, but then there's the whole question of who destroyed the Commonwealth. That's a mystery, yeah. all right. It's not the primary. It's not the primary reason you're on the French pass. You're out there exploring, doing other, following other quests and things like that. But always in the background, there's that question of what happened 
to bring us to this point where this place is the way it is. Why is this thing so empty? Yeah, why yeah. is this world so empty? Why is that world so destroyed? You know, why is it that, you know, uh, everybody, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 seems to be really, really afraid of, of Stay Puff Marshmallow Men? <laughs> I, I offered them some marshmallows and they, and they started pulling knives on me. That's right. We've seen that white puffy stuff before. Anyways, so there's the who or what done it. You know, the what in- incorporating, you know, non-human life forms, though, so, yeah. And then there's the how done it. How did this situation come to be? You know, what, you know, uh what what, you know, what technology was involved? Locked room type mysteries where, you know, something's you know, something someplace it shouldn't be, and how did it get there? You know, so uh, there's the how done it, okay, and then and then of course the the real question, which is the why done it? Yeah, why why you know you know why was this person killed? Why was that object left where it was? Why is there a young boy trapped in a uh, you know in a refrigerator in Fallout Four? <laughs> Seemingly been trapped there since the war. 200 years, I think it was, which I think is pretty good evidence that, you know, Bethesda doesn't know how to write a mystery. But anyways. Eh, or at the very least, they're very loose and, and, and very loose with their canon. Yeah, I was going to say. A, that was a very bad mystery because once you let him out, he goes home. You go home with him and somebody ta- immediately attacks them trying to get him back and kill everybody else in the house. You kill them and that's it. There's, there's no, there's, there's no who, there's no why. It's just, you know, they're, they're random slavers who somehow clued into this, you know, this, uh, I don't know, saw this little, this, this little boy from a distance and said, God, I am. I don't know. It's, it's really bad. So, anyways, so there's, there's, we're, we're talking about well written. Not badly written, okay, you know, and uh, some games have a lot of really good uh, mysteries in it, in the, uh, uh, which are not part, of, which are not the main quest line, okay, but they enhance the adventure because you know all of us can remember a time when we believed in wizards and fairies and dragons. And spaceships that went to went to the moon, you know, and back again, you know, and talking animals, and all those things, okay, you know, and and the wonder that those things brought into our lives, okay, and as we got older, a lot of that fell away, and uh, you know, and and we you know, came into a kind of a rational mindset, but for a, a while there, our lives were so full of wonder. Because every time we turned around, there was something new that we didn't understand, but it was really amazing. And, you know, which is, you know, what Disney World has, has basically made their, their nickel off of, you know, until they decided to basically, you know, buy a television, <laughs> entertainment in large. Okay. And buy but, all the things. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's, you know, Christmas time is, 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 is they sell it on the wonder. Uh, the Easter Bunny, come on, you know it's that's a that's a great great character, you know. And there's more stuff, you know. Um, you know, the, there's 
you know, the lights that are in your trees, you know, uh, in some cultures, those are actually supposed to be fairies oh. that you, br- that you, that, that, uh, you bring into your house to bring their, them and their life force into your house to sustain you through the winter. So when you make lights and put them in trees, you know, you're actually representing all the, the, the kin, you know, the, the friendly spirits that are supposed to be living in that tree. Okay. So there's lots and lots of stuff like that. So, but, you know, if you don't know that, then of course you don't, you know, then you don't get the wonder of it. So somewhere, someone has to reveal this information. It could be a strange, it could be a kindly sage or a, a, a storyteller. It could be a book that you found. It could be something written on the bottom of an ornament. It could be, you know, uh, just any number of, of, of things that, that are u- used to reveal this information. And for a tiny period of time, you think you're the only one who knows this. And boy, doesn't that make you feel special, right? So this is all about using mystery to enhance your role-playing experience, enhance your character, and you know, enhance you know your, your play. And it can be the thrust. I mean, you know, there's certainly a not plenty of role-playing games out there that mystery is the primary reason why you are doing the adventure. Okay, but it doesn't mean that you can't enhance it further with other things. So, you know, and as an example of, of a game where mystery is the stock and trade, Trav? Oh, well, I mean, Bureau 13, obviously. Bureau and that, 13. Yeah, just... Yeah. Something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Yeah. Oh, God. Bureau 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because chaos, <laughs> chaos has erupted and Bureau 13 is chaos there. Chaos erupts yep, and yep, Bureau 13 yep, is yep. there. So, you know, your job is to find out, you know what it is or who it is, why it happened, and, uh, you know, and possibly how it happened, you know, and and to bring it to a positive resolution. Okay, there's other, you know, if you played the, um, oh, um, Harry Dresden RPG, you know, those are mostly mysteries, you know, pretty straightforward mysteries, you know. Uh, and there's other ones out there, but you know the rest of them. Uh, you know they they usually are are a little bit more straightforward. And but mystery can be part of them. Can be part of what goes on. Like you know, so and so is breaking away from the uh, uh, from the kingdom. Why? Who who is breaking away from the kingdom? Are you know is there somebody behind the scenes who's pulling the strings as a puppet master? You know, are they reacting to something that happened that makes them want to no longer be part of the kingdom? Is someone been feeding them lies about you know the parentage or uh, possibly the uh, uh, alignment of the present king uh, uh, and uh, queen? I mean, you know, they're like, no, we must break away. They're demons. We cannot be allied with demons. So, and which, you know, and you can, and, and in a good, well-written adventure, you know, these things can slowly unravel to have a finally a big reveal at the end and where everyone is satisfied. So, you know, these are, these are really, uh, these, you know, mystery is really important storytelling. It's basically how you recognize that there's something you don't know and it's important because otherwise it's, you know, you're basically, you know, doing uh munchkin. 
Well, Munchkin, so many, so many video games where you literally just go along the path, killing everything in front of you until you get to the big boss, and then you kill that person, and yay, you're done. Take take the loot. Yeah. Like, go back. Yeah. You're doing Diablo. You're doing, you know, a lot of games, you know. Or you're playing these games like Skyrim or Fallout or Witcher or whatever like that. And you, you you have your quest marker up on your your little um, ro- rolling... Uh, uh, Compass, compass display, yeah. Yeah, your compass. And as long as you keep going toward that red mark, you know you're going to get to the end of the uh, of the quest, you know. And you just, like I said, you just kill everything in your way until you get there. But by doing that, you're basically missing out on all the richness that, you know, the uh, environment, the, the, the world in which you're in has to offer. So we want you to do that sort of thing. So we're going to talk about how to do it. All right, so... Let's you know. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know some some basic stuff. Like I said, a mystery can be not just a who; it can be a what. So when you are playing like in D and D, and you go up to the you know the the entrance to these the the recently uncovered tomb or or whatever. Okay, what's the first thing you do, Jonathan? You're playing D and you've just come up on the tomb. Me. I'm looking for any markings I can find. I'm looking markings. For, I'm okay, looking for to, any kind of to rooms. identify whose tomb this is. Yeah, know? yeah. Okay. Or right. or, it, or sometimes, depending if they've trapped it, they'll say it right there. Do not enter. Death awaits. <laughs> well, they they say that no matter what, right? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but okay, but let's go with your idea of any markings. Okay, so there's markings. Okay, and by that I'm assuming you mean symbols or letters or things like that. Like okay, that, yeah, right. So, and you know, so the markings are going to relate to a language of some kind, right? Mm, one would hope, or okay, or so, some cipher, but yeah, assume right. it's a language. So, so investing that would tell you something like maybe this is, you know, this is from a certain race. This is mm-hmm. the tomb of somebody of a particular race. Uh, and or of a country that maybe predated the current country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So some idea about that. Then you know, know, knowing that, say, hey, I remember reading this was this was from the you know the Grand Duchy of uh, uh, Felwick, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, and they were into, uh, and, and this is where it's good for you know people go and make their. Their history checks, or yep. their arcade checks, yep. whatever you know. He um, says, and they were really into controlling magical beasts. Okay, and you're like, oh, well, then if there is any kind of protections on this tomb, maybe it's going to involve magical beasts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what yeah. do I know about the magical beasts that are probably in this area or were in that area? Or yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you you could then turn around and leave, you know, and go and do some research in a library and find tales and stories wait, of, wait. The, of that particular place. Wait, wait, wait! A party of of PCs leave the dungeon before they even step foot into it. You're talking crazy talk there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right, all right. Well, anyways, let's just table that for like after they get their butts kicked the first. That's time. probably they more leave, likely. And yeah, then they do it. Yes, yes. You're you're right. You're right, I, you know. All right, so that's the, you know, and then you might be also looking for, you know, if, if it was like the, the Lord of the Rings, you know, if it was 
done by dwarves, then you know that there's probably some doors that you can't see because they're dwarven doors. And they can only be opened a certain way or at a certain time or something like, or by saying a certain dwarvish word. Though I think the whole thing about saying speak friend uh, and enter in Elvish at a dwarven door, I, I never bought that. That was like, what? <laughs> the speak friend in dwarvish made sense. But speaking in Elvish, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm not, I didn't write it. So it just gave know. Tolkien a bigger chance to show off his linguistic skills. That's what right. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Right. But yeah, so knowing the, or, you know, knowing the name of the king, knowing the name of, of, of you know, or just simply say open, you know, in, in, the, in the proper language might make a secret door open. You know, so there's a secret, a mis you know, the mystery of how to get it. Because otherwise you're up there, you're beating on adamantite doors. They're not opening. You know, you're like, we're going to have to bring in like, you know, a whole crew of people to dig further into this dungeon to get past this stupid door when it's obvious the door is supposed to open. And, you know, so unless you've got somebody who's got some kind of knock spell or something like that, you know, then. Uh, but anyway, so. There might be, you know, a mystery of how to get the door open. Okay. But the thing I was actually going for, uh, Trav, was uh, one of the first things that we always did in, in, in the, back in the day was check for traps. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if you find a trap, that's where the mystery, uh, uh, the mystery begins because then you get to say, okay, this is a trap. What kind of a trap is it? You know, uh, what are the possible effects if the trap is triggered? Uh, is there, you know, how is it constructed? Is there a way to disable it? Because, you know, this is more important when you're in, the, in an area where they have like people, it's an open, you know, not a tomb, but an open uh, environment, uh, some kind of a fortress. And people may come and go down this particular passageway. Well, you know, if you have like a something that's going to just basically drop the roof in and kill everybody in there, well, that kind of stop closes up the passageway. It's not very good after that. So oh yeah, there there might be a relatively easy way of disabling the trap so it doesn't go off if you know if you can figure it out. Okay, so. You know, and and that's where that's where the who is important because if they're stupid people, you know, or the guards, let's say, not necessarily the constructors, the guards, they're not very smart. Then you're not going to want to do some kind of incredibly dense puzzle that they have to do some some like ten cipher, you know, uh, lock that they have to. Do you know push pegs in the wall in a certain pattern to to disable the lock? There's probably be something pretty simple. But if you did walk in and you saw like three, like six holes in the wall, and inside you could feel that there was kind of a sp springy thing inside, maybe you're supposed to press those in a certain pattern. So and then you have to say, okay, so how do we figure out what that pattern is? Yeah, and. Just because a trap might be easy to bypass for the right person doesn't mean it's going to be easy for you to bypass 500, 1,000 years later. Well, if it, if it isn't possible to do it without some extraordinary thing, then it's not going to be a very fun adventure, right? 
So the mystery has to be also appropriate to the players. Yeah. But I mean, I was thinking of the, the example, like a, a simple thing that, you know, could prevent a trap from going off from guards or, or you know, the right people would be a, a magical amulet. You know, as long as you're wearing the magical amulet, you can walk in and out of, you know, past this trap. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, well, that's great if you got that amulet. Exactly. 500, <laughs> a thousand years later, that amulet might be quite rare to find. Yeah. So that would, to me, would not be a very good trap. It'd be a great trap, you know, historically, but I'm saying as part of an adventure, not a very good trap. Well, okay? that would, it would make, it would make it so that now that the, the disarming it is, is more difficult than it might normally have been back in the day. Yeah. Okay, so you don't have the 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 guaranteed win of walking right. up with the amulet. You have to find you know, some workaround. Or so, like I said, so you, you have this thing where you got these six holes, you know, on the side, and it looks like if you were to like push something in them, that maybe it would unlock the combination. The door would open. Okay, uh, if you failed, then it might, you know, do something like spray poison gas at you or something like that. So, you know, and so that's, again, that's where you get the, the, you know, how, you know, how does it work? And, and, and then you get, and then that's where you, you get to do fun stuff, like tr actually try to figure out how you'd, fi how you'd do that. You know, now to me, what I would do is I would say, let's look at those holes. If this has been used a lot, then some of those holes are going to either show wear or they're going to have bits of wood or something like that. Yeah. Them, you know, dirt indicating the stuff's been poked in there rather than the pristine ones. Look inside to see if, you know, ones, some are more rusted than others, meaning that, you know, they, they, they've been left alone and not touched. Okay. So instead of six, you may only have, you know, maybe three. It's a simple combination of three, three different spots. Now, instead of having, I don't know how many combinations that is, six times five times four times three times two times one, you know, something like that. Yeah. Now you only have nine combinations. Okay. Well, you know, if there's nine people in the party, each one gets to try it once. <laughs> try to work it out. You know, say, take, take the chance of getting shot with the poison arrows, which are probably no longer poisonous because, you know, it's been, if it's a tomb, because it's been sitting there forever. Okay. Or, you know, it, you might actually run, uh, you could set up some kind of thing to trigger it badly and just run all the, the defensive smoke or, uh, poison gas or poison needles out. They run out. <laughs> they just, eventually, you just, you know, they're, they're, you know, it stops shooting because it basically used up its, its, its ammunition. The brute force method of keep triggering the trap until the trap breaks. Exactly. Well, until it stops killing you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 w I would concentrate on actually trying to do correct ones, though, because, you know, you could be, you could get lucky. You could open it on the first try. You know, so if you knew, for example, that these, this is where the history, if you knew, for example, that, that, uh, like three and five were basically considered evil numbers, then probably they wouldn't use three or five. All of this about um, history and researching tombs and stuff, it reminds me of the Second World Source book, which, again, we put into Bureau 13's canon. And they have this group called Tempest Argon. It's basically a magical college of explorers and wizards and whatnot. And one of the things they do is extensively research 
a dungeon. They are the ones who will go back. Oh, we found this dungeon. Okay, go back and we're going to pour through tomes and find out, okay, where they're... And they will research everything they can about the area. The Like Jonathan said, the magical beasts and what type of traps were this society known for? And, you know, what secret passage you know, secret passwords or passcodes or magical items were to bypass. And they basically said, yeah, these people that just go stumbling into a dungeon and set off traps, they're idiots. They deserve to die. <laughs> I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't think I've ever won it. Yeah, that's why we said, walk away from a dungeon. That's crazy talk. Yeah, because usually people blunder in. And I just remember now about Tempest Argon, and they don't do that. They will go back and extensively research the area back at, you know, whatever Tempest Argon chapter there is nearby. And, oh, okay, we know that here they have this amulet and these holes in this trap were, you know, holes two, four, and eight were the ones that you put a wood staff in in order to get past the trap and this. And they specialize in these type of traps because this is what the society made. They do research all that. And just as, as you two were talking about this, all of a sudden that came to mind that whole concept of actually leaving a dungeon and going to research it and find out what you're gonna get yourself into um yeah i in a way i mean as as we're talking about mystery actually is a pretty big part of unless you're actually just going in and just slaying everything to get to a that most dungeons are if you plot them right a mystery because it's like okay who built this why was it built you know you could sit there and turn your normal dungeon crawl as that we call them we've all done them if you've ever had a character sheet and dice you've done a dungeon crawl in some form you could turn it into a mystery and just now oh boy it's another dungeon crawl you could just add a couple of elements to it and turn your simple dungeon crawl into an elaborate mystery like this and just it it's but yeah, I've I've noticed that how can I put this? Mysteries are right there. You can you can use it to upgrade a normal adventure and just by adding background and everything to it. I just I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself here on on the patented Bruce Shepherd outline that we have here, folks. But Well, I mean, you know, it there's a lot of published adventures out there that when you look at them, you're like, well, this is okay, but it could be better. Yeah. And then you start adding in your own, you know, Trav, you know, uh, uh, you know, Trav slants or whatever else yeah. you like to do. Yeah. And that, and that means that that adventure, 10 different people running it would be 10 different ways. Yeah. And 10 different experiences because you're the, what you bring to the, uh, and what you emphasize, uh, you know, because I've been in a lot of dungeons where there was a lot of throwaway stuff. It was like maybe the original designer wanted you to go a certain direction, but didn't, that didn't interest me. So I changed it up. I changed it to something else. Yeah. You know, so, or I just thought that this wasn't good and this was better. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, those dungeon crawls can be really uh, uh, tarted up to be uh, uh, really nice. You know, as, as, as my, as a friend from choir used to say, let's put, pit, let's, let's put some lipstick on this pig. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so we can take her, take her out of the town, right? Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, so you know, and like I say, you walk inside, okay? And and is it going to be a featureless stone corridor, or is it going to be have drapery, old, you know, or new, you know, draperies of of scenes of some kind, things that you, the GM, want them to look at. And start asking themselves questions like, when did this happen? Who am I seeing here? Why is this here rather than someplace else? Is it hiding something? Are there doors behind it? You know, is it, uh, you know, is it a, a, a mon- actually a monster, you know, that's going to drop down and, and smother us to death? You know, is it, uh, you know, is, is what, you know, it, was this, you know, something that was important to the person who who designed this particular complex and they wanted you to see it because they were so proud of it? I mean, you know, these are things that basically, you know, without using the plot hammer, yeah, uh, you know, give gives impetus to the players to think about things in a certain way. Uh, um, consider some things as more important than others, you know. Well, yeah, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say here, roundabout, is that every adventure that you could ever plan is one step away from being a mystery. It just depends on what the GM wants to do, how much detail, and going from there. Every, every adventure you can make has the potential to be a mystery. Right. And of course, who's who's the betrayer who's in your own midst? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you when you go in there and you get halfway through the dungeon and you realize that uh there's this surname that keeps coming up and it sounds kind of, you know, similar to a surname of a particular party member. Yeah, just and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, hold it. Bill, you know, did your grandpa did grandpa grandpa, grandpa last, did this? You know, yeah. What is the last name for uh, of Knobby Foot? <laughs> the the halfling uh, torchbearer who yeah. managed to survive all the terrible things that have happened so far. Oh, you mean he's like Nodwick? Just give him the duct tape of healing, and he's good to go. Got it. Yeah. Or he's uh, a tenth level. He's actually a tenth level, you know, something, and posing as a zero level, you know, hireling. He's slumming. So, yeah. you know, you guys will go and take it on the chin to get, you know, get her all the way up to where get her hands on the the family item that she really wants. And that this discovery of this tomb or a complex wasn't an accident after all. It was actually a well-planned breadcrumb trail that you had been following along, you know, completely obliviously. You've fallen into my devious trap. Yes. It's all part of my plan. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you know, and and, and yeah, and, and you're so clever. I'm sure I can find a place for you in my new kingdom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So, I'll have need you know, of loyal subjects like you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. And then, uh, and, and there's other things too for, you know, like I said, function. Okay. Some, you know, what is the function of this door? What is the function of this trap? Is it merely to kill anybody who happens to go down the wrong direction? Is it there to slow you down so that an alarm is being raised and the defenders have time to amass against you? Is it, uh, is it actually there to direct you in the direction that the big bad wants you to go rather than the direction you want. You know, if you get to a door that you cannot open, you know, is maybe there's a reason why you're being directed away from it. So these are, you know, and uh, so these mysteries are there, you know, to, uh, and sometimes, you know, they might be some, you know, there are things that are left by other adventurers, you know, or other people that are, you know, can be totally unrelated. That's where we talk about adding mysteries to an already established adventure. You know, maybe somebody else, uh, you know, whenever I, I read the, the, the novel of uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, and they, they're following the trail of, you know, this one, you know, uh, adventurer, this one um, uh, literally dungeon delver, you know, he's uh, and... There were people with him, or he wasn't by himself. So, and, you're, and the question is, where you know, uh, you know, did he leave stuff in places? Was there? Did he make side journeys that he didn't write about in his main journal that maybe he went to, and that would be worth exploring? Maybe he meant to come back, didn't write it down in his journal because he didn't want someone else to go and get the cool stuff he found. You know, maybe there's a lost, Atlant you know, Atlantean civilization that, you know, this one door goes to. But, you know, <laughs> they're like, you know, we don't want you going there. We, you know, we want you to go, you know. Uh, but if you're following the main quest line, then you may not go through that door because it doesn't seem to be important. So, you know, what are, and so the GM, are you, is it really unimportant uh, or it's important, but you're going to find out about it later on? You know, are you going to leave clues, you know, to lead them back to that place? You know, that's where the good mystery comes in where, okay, they couldn't get through the door or they, you know, that, that side corridor looked like it was unpurposeful. Okay. But instead, if you, you know, but as they go through the adventure, they should start getting clues that maybe that actually was important and it serves, you know, and, and here's, here's the reasons why it should be important. You know, maybe there's a partial map that shows maybe that quarter with a couple of branching rooms off of it. And you're like, wait a second, those rooms weren't there. All there was was rubble. Hey, if we dig through that rubble, there's a whole other section. Which is, by the way, how a lot of people discover adi uh, additional parts of mammoth caves. They seriously yeah. thought there was like a couple of passageways, and that's all there was. And then someone squeezes through some little tiny crack in the wall. It's like, wait a second, there's like 100 miles of, of passageways back here. <laughs> so sometimes things that don't look fruitful may later on become very fruitful. If you ever watched any anime, you, you, the, those side those side quests usually turn may turn the tide of the entire you know uh, of the entire adventure. Well, it also makes me think of um, the novel Ready Player One, where mm -hmm. during his quest for you know the Easter eggs, he encounters an old retro arcade meant you know made by the creator just to to have a you know 
place where he archived all his favorite 80s arcade games or something like that. And mm -hmm. he plays one game and he wins a shiny quarter that he can't drop or get rid of. And it turns out to be important to the plot later on. But not mm. specific, not directly related to the plot, but it does, you know, become important later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you find stuff along the way. That's why my, my character in most RPG, computer RPGs, are such pack rats. I'm always like, I'm going to need this later. Yeah. I just know it. Then I get to the end of the entire game and I've got like 500 pounds of junk on me that I never needed or never used, especially all those healing potions that I just kept just in case. Yeah. <laughs> never used them. I'm like, you know, wow. It just... <laughs> You get so used to not having them and you, you develop a play style of not using them and you tell yourself you're going to save it for the big battle that, you know, at the end. But by the time you get to that big battle, your skills are such that you don't end up needing them. Yeah. Yeah. As an example, in, um, I think it's, it was an Icewind Deal 2. No, uh, or maybe it was Baldur's Gate 2. I can't remember. I think it was Icewind Deal 2. All during the game, you're like, you know, you, you, you collect treasure, you can sell items to various people, you can amass an unbelievable amount of gold and things like that. And if you do that and try to amass the maximum amount of money, when you finally get to the very end of the game, the big bad basically says, well, I'm going to go destroy this kingdom. But, of course, if you gave me 500,000 gold pieces, which I know you don't have, well, I guess I'd be happy enough just to, you know, go and scare them a bit and fly off to my own dimension for the next thousand years. <laughs> and I had 500,000 gold pieces. Right, yeah. Everyone's like going, but you're supposed to go fight him until he's dead. You know, he's the big boss. And I'm like, I've got the money. What am I going to, there's not, I, I mean, I don't have anything to do, nothing to do with this money. I've been carrying it forever. You know, slowly amassing it. And that's when you look you look at these people and go, okay, you know what? I'm making this where it's not going to be your problem. This no. is this is the problem for a thousand years for now. Right. You're he, welcome. He, <laughs> yeah, he goes he goes and takes his, his minions and things like that and goes back to his dimension and says he says, I'll come back in a thousand years. Okay. By the way, if you went and fought the monster and killed him. His spirit goes back to his dimension and reforms in a thousand years. Right. So, yeah. So it was e either way would have been a successful result. And I'm, I'm saying is that sometimes these items that you pick up along the way may not seem important, but then later on they actually do become important. Like maybe he's he's got an allergy to uh, you know uh, gold plus latinum. <laughs> or, you know, maybe he's uh, deathly afraid of this symbol, you know, which is you found, uh, you know, you know, inside of a children's toy, you know, that it was it was given given to children back in in, in, in ancient history to ward against the very monster you're right, of. right, right. But everyone forgot about it because he hasn't been around for 10,000 years. So, you know. But you found this one little ancient toy, you know, in the in the dungeon, in the complex, and inside was this, and you decided to hold on to it. And somebody said, hey, what happens if I present this to this guy? <laughs> oh, so, my only weakness. No. Yeah, no. How did you know? You know, you know. 
what a world, what a world. <laughs> okay, so like I say, a lot of times these mis- these mysterious items that you find or these books or these, uh, you know, uh, things, they tell you who the big bad is and how to fight the big bad. If you were out um, and you heard something in the distance, you know, some terrible sound of battle and you run up and everybody's dead. Or you, uh, uh, or you, you go that direction and, and you, you see a, a campsite and you go and look at, and you see the fire is still warm, telling you that whoever used it used it not too long ago. Or if you're chasing somebody, you know, these are all clues as to how far away the person is. How many people are we talking about? Are we talking about a single person with a, with a horse? Or are we talking about 20 people with, you know, with bounce and war dogs and everything else? And do you have enough, do you have enough people to fight this? Or- yes, but if they, what if they, they, Walk in single file to hide their numbers. Yeah, that, then, yeah. then I guess you're screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and of course, if such people existed in the world, then maybe somebody would be able to make that kind of check and say that. Be like, okay, well, then let's check how deep these footprints are. You know, because if everybody's stepping in the same footprint, then wouldn't the footprint be deeper? Wouldn't it be like yep. a really heavy person? Yep. See, you could, there's ways of actually getting past that. So, you know, it's, but it's a, it's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, and of course, you know, if you figure, if you follow the clues and figure out, uh, or if you examine something, a device or an object and figure out how to use it, like a magic wand or, uh, a ray gun or even a tricorder, then you can use it and it enhances your play. But there's a mystery of how does this work? And, uh, my, uh, GM in the, in the AD and D game that we've been playing, which is very much not AD and D, uh, because you know, we've been on spaceships and yeah, and yeah. Uh, we went to the uh, Resident Evil uh, Plague World and other places like that. You know, there were a lot of times when we we were like, okay, how do we make this work? You know, now we have people walking around with M16 rifles in the D and D setting until we ran out of bullets. Yeah, yeah. He he did actually say that if you get if you take a bullet down to a, an alchemist. They could actually research how to make that bullet and make you more of them. It cost you a pretty penny to well, do yeah, that. yeah, but you know it would be an item that you know it had it had to be a, a pretty good item, you know what I'm saying to be worth all that, but you know it just depends on how well, how you do it if it's an automatic machine gun and you can basically fire twenty shots in a round, then uh that might be worth it, you know, even if the bullets were five gold pieces apiece. So, you know, the, so like I say, everything can have a mystery to it. Sometimes the mystery isn't worthwhile. You know, I mean, you know, not everything has to, not everything has to have a mystery there. You know, sometimes, as Freud said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, you know, and you can bury your players under minutiae. You know, which is the problem I had with Skyrim, where I, there was all these books and I, I kept, Basically, just flipping through the books as fast as possible, hoping that it would suddenly trigger a, a quest or uh, an increase in a skill or something like that. But otherwise, I never bothered to read, you know, 99% of them because yeah. they were all ancient history of the world, 
which though I'm sure, you know, might have been of some interest, I myself, you know, was more interested in things that would help me with my current quest rather than something that happened hundreds of years ago. But a book in Skyrim was like ten was like five to ten pages yeah. long. So it, it wasn't wasn't like a hundred and fifty to eight hundred page tome. And of course we were we weren't doing the Library of Alexandria where they had these, you know, fifteen foot tall scrolls that took like five people to unroll <laughs> roll and unroll to get to the right section, you know, and stand and lay it out on this table and then you could look at it and then they'd roll it back up again and you know, and, and put it away very carefully. So you had to have these people to, you know, to, to have any chance of finding anything because there were no, there was no Dewey Decimal System. There was no, <laughs> there was no card catalog. Yeah. You had to know something, you know, there, you know and, and, uh, ancient, um, librarians, they said, these are your books. Okay. And they knew everything about the books and where they were, but nobody else did. So they would pass it on to their, Acolytes, yeah, okay. But if you came into that area and you wanted that book, you had to ask that librarian who would then go and get it for you. Otherwise, it was going to be really, really hard to find it. And if you're in in that situation in a fantasy world, you know where it's an it's an ancient tomb and everybody everybody's died. What do you do? Well, if it's information that has been lost, then, well, if it's like a fantasy game, then you would probably resort to spells or rituals of divination to try to... Exactly. Yeah. If the, if, if the, uh, if the librarian is laying there in, mold, in a moldering pile of bones, speak with dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there might be divination. Uh, there might be... Um, uh, as in, like, if I go this direction, wheel or woe, or it could be find the object, locate object. Yeah. And if they used any kind of identification on these things that would help help identify them, then maybe you could find that very specific symbol, uh, either through magical means or, you know, through just observation, because, you know, because of this very situation, I mean... I, I I I hate you know uh, uh, li uh, medieval libraries, especially when I'm the GM because they're like, okay, this row, what are the books on it? I just want to strangle. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you open up a few? Oh, your soul got sucked into the into the void. Okay, anybody else want to open a book? <laughs> and they're like, and they're, and they're like, way. after that, I never want to go to a library in your game again. Yeah, yeah. Um, see, that's a bad mystery. That's 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 me abusing my players. I have done it. I apologize. You know, as they said, I was I was a little bit, a little bit off my game that day. <laughs> okay. Would have been enough to say you spend five hours looking at the books in in this section of the library and you found nothing useful. As a matter of fact, most of them were were, were decayed and you couldn't even read them. So yeah. That's uh, but you can say, but you you now are able to make a uh, uh, you know a, a local delicacy called uh, squir uh, squirrel pancakes. Yummer. Yeah, that would be after after five hours. That would be us not following your rule of give the players three outs. Just. <laughs> 
You go to this library and the only thing you found was, or no, what was that? Um, oh God, movie, um, Bulletproof Monk, where they pull out the scroll and the old guy, the old Nazi, who's trying to get immortality. It's a recipe for chicken soup. This guy's been carrying a recipe for chicken soup in this thing for sixty years. We've killed people, and this is all he had was a recipe for chicken soup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've executed entire villages <laughs> to, keep, to keep this information <laughs> slot hidden. No wonder they kept waving. He says, no, no. He says, he says, we'll be glad to forget all about it. <laughs> we already have our own recipe for chicken soup. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, funny. Funny, very funny. Okay. Well, I think that if if the excitement amongst our hosts is any uh, indication of how adding a mystery to your adventure or many mini mysteries uh, can enhance your play, then I think we've proven our point. And we want to thank everybody for listening to us, and we hope that you will use this because this is a really important tool in your toolbox as a GM. And as a player, get into those mysteries. Have fun with them and and uh, and encourage your GM to include them because she's probably looking for some way of bringing the awesome to the game. And this is one way that could be that even if you don't do it well in one situation, another situation, it can completely rock. So we're going to have more stuff like this for you next week, but you're going to have to wait until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license, no commercial reproduction, and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.